following program is pre-recorded. Live from the Hope Center in Plano, Texas, this is Hope in the Night, late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help, and on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver, here with author and speaker June Hunt. Well, June, I need to turn the tables and give you a little bit of trivia. Hmm. Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> so because, so uh, this term, do you know triskaidekaphobia? Do you know what that means? No. Well, I only mention it because... S- say, we, say it one more time. Triskaidekaphobia. Triskai. Okay. And I know what phobia means. Yeah. That's, that's an extreme fear. Well, It is. And since we just came past a Friday the... 13th. Oh, 13th. <laughs> fear the number 13. So I'll only oh, mention it goodness. because we just passed it. But you wanted to talk about fear. Your next, uh, your series on how to handle your emotions, the next topic will be fear. And you were telling me about a really fascinating story about uh, you as a, a little girl and how you, uh, how you <laughs> dealt with fear and how you ended up being fear-based. Now, tell us about that. Well, the first time I even remember... Uh, seeing excessive fear was, uh, I was a girl, uh, and our family was visiting a ranch in Wyoming. Uh, My brother Ray and I were playing together, and suddenly we were startled by these screams that came from the kitchen. And uh, we immediately ran into the kitchen uh, to see... We wanted to figure out what, what, what was so horrible. And we saw our mother and her dearest friend, Helen, um, standing on top of the kitchen table, oh. screaming, just screaming, and, 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 and then finally pointing. And here was this poor little panic-stricken mouse oh. quivering in the corner. And I assure you that teeny tiny mouse was far more terrified than either of these two giant human beings, you know, cowering on the tabletop. Now, uh, I have a friend who says, there was a mouse in the house. Well, I mean, there was a mouse, mouse in the house, but I got so tickled seeing Mother acting in a way that I just thought was irrational and uh, Basically, we we burst burst into gales of laughter. This was not fun to them, but it was funny to me. Yes. And um, so it's like their their screams combined with our laughter made for this loud raucous uh, kind of a chorus of contrasts. Now, um, most children. Well, I don't know about most children. I'll just say. Very candidly, I remember one time we had caught a little mouse by the tail in a mouse trap, and my brother and I put this live mouse inside an empty mayonnaise jar, you know, poked holes in the top, and um, then, Mom, we have a gift for you. Mm. And, oh, what's that, honey? <laughs> Just so so nice she was saying being so thoughtful and she was thinking we were being thoughtful and so here we announce uh, this gift and then all of a sudden you know thrust this mouse in in the mayonnaise jar and this is a gift for you and knowing of course that she was going to react well you know 
Um, I I remember uh, writing a little something on this saying, you know, there's there's a saying, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Well, in truth, uh, fun can be in the eyes of the beholder. Hmm. But we had way too much fun at our mother's expense. And she, while she was good-natured about our pranks, the truth is our uh, glass jar presentations uh, could have sent someone who had genuine fear into a full-blown panic attack or anxiety attack. And the issue, though, is... um, I mean, it, it could be, it, that could appear cruel if, if we had known, well, and I, I wouldn't have wanted to be cruel. I didn't understand. Now, I'm not, I'm not afraid of spiders, snakes, a lot of things. Not, not that I don't want them to be my bedfellows, you understand. But um, uh, I, what I later began in adulthood, uh, as I thought about fear. I'm not afraid of an object like that. Um, but I I grew up fear-based for many years. And so because of my home background, meaning I'm having nothing to do with mice or a mouse in the house, um, it had everything to do with uh, if my dad would get angry, it would set me off. Uh, I, I, I was so scared because he would take it out on mom, and he could be physical, and it, you know, just. And I did not realize that I had an excessive fear. Uh, There's so much so that um, I was controlled by anticipating what could happen if dad was angry and upset and and there are those of you there there's there's a percentage of you who are listening and and you know exactly what i'm talking about you had you grew up with with fearful situations um sometimes they were traumatic and uh you're trying to survive just just to not do anything to keep peace It's been 20 years since June Hunt was first called into international ministry through the translating of our keys for living into the Russian language. The Lord has refined our focus in recent years to partnership with ministry leaders in key global regions whose reach is expanding to international training events, radio programming, and impact across borders that only indigenous leaders could cross. God is multiplying hope through the translated Keys for Living and the globally relevant counseling model of June Hunt that you have come to understand as a valued listener of Hope in the Night. When you support our Hope for the Heart international ministry, you give directly to men and women who are giving their lives to equip and empower the church in their regions for the Lord's kingdom. Come with us around the world to share the hope of Christ. Visit us online at hopefortheheart.org forward slash international. 
Would you like to talk to June Hunt about a situation in your life? Consider having that conversation on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night and let June help you discover practical help that's grounded in God's truth. Your story will be heard on all of our radio affiliates. And of course, we protect your privacy by providing you with a different name. And as it happens often in our program, when you share your story, you might help someone else find biblical hope and practical help for their life. It's ministry multiplied. For an opportunity to talk with June Hunt on Hope in the Night about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or some other concern in your life, call 800-917. That's 800-644-4817. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call tonight. 800-917. 800-644-4817. You're listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. We're a ministry of hope for the heart, offering God's truth for today's problems. We exist because of your ongoing prayers and continued support of this ministry. We thank you for that. If you'd like to uh, get information about uh, what we were just talking about, the How to Handle Your Emotions class that's going on, it's an ongoing uh, series uh, that June is teaching at uh, First Baptist Church of Dallas, a Discipleship University class on Sundays at 5.30 p.m. to 7 p.m., and uh, that's going over an 11-week period. You can get in on that at any point because there are new topics each week. Next week's topic will be uh, fear, and we'll be doing that. You can attend live or you can join. Joined by Zoom, and uh, of course, uh, you can find the information there at hopefortheheart.org/events. That's hopefortheheart.org/events. Find all the information there on how to register and how to get uh, connected with us on Zoom. Well, uh, let's get to our caller for tonight. We want to welcome back to the program from uh, just about a week ago from Texas, listening on KCBI. We welcome back Chloe. Well, hello, Chloe. Glad we're able to talk again. Uh, And, you know, I am, um, you told quite a story, a a true story, about um, your life, and you did it in a creative way. Um, But it really dealt with abuse, because I was looking over my notes, and uh, Chloe, you know, when you experience something like a dad that uh, beats you with a board and uh, attempted murder or strangling you uh, by you know your dad, um, that can have profound impact for the future, meaning how you live your life and how you interpret. Uh, uh, surviving and uh, and even the treatment uh, of you when I'm, I'm just looking at this what, what I wrote down was like when you were 18 years old you were on a date and then the, the guy went beyond what he should and and uh, you I believe you hear you told your dad wanting to get support but you know instead it was that you were wrong and 
and now tell me if I'm wrong about anything that I perceive here, but I did not hear that you were in a safe home. Well, Is that it, right? it wasn't safe. He um, started beating me when I was 11. Mm. And then he um, always had fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. When he was an open road truck driver, he made a lot of money. We, we lived in nice homes ever since I could remember, Victorian homes. And, and we all... You know, we had beautiful clothes, and and but the his his verbiage, just the things that came out of his mouth, and and so when I was fifteen, is when he started telling me he'd seen me dead, and his words came to fruition when I was eighteen, and I was double dating, and so. The guy started asking me questions, and so he he was going to take advantage. Mm-hmm. And I was thankful to God that we were with another couple. Yes, because I don't know what would have happened then. But I told him no, and I told him that several times, and. Mm-hmm. So with the couple with us, he gave in and he took me home. Now, the word that was in my mind was anticipation. I anticipated going home and telling my dad, but when I walked through the door, the first thing he said was not in my house. I Hmm. didn't even know what he meant. And that's when he picked up the board and began to beat me with it. And so mm-hmm. I looked like I'd been in a car accident by the time I woke up and went to school and dressed out for gym. So mm-hmm. my gym teacher offered to call the police, and they were going to slap him in jail. And But see, the first thing I thought of was my mama. Um, I knew that she wouldn't be able to take care of us kids. If he did go to jail, which they were going to take him, go home and pick him up. And I wanted to defend my mother. Yes. So that's uh, as far, uh, yeah, he could have killed me. And Mm. it was, uh, it was premeditated. And, but the, the other, the murder was a young man at school. He was a teenager. And so he, while I was walking home, he was walking next to me, and he said, may I kiss you? I said, no, I don't want you to kiss me. And so he put his fingers around my throat and nearly strangled me, and my throat was Mm -hmm. red for three days with marks. Mm -hmm. He was also the same young man. You know, I questioned, I thought, what kind of things have you seen in your young life? What have you seen? And uh, I was walking to my girlfriend's house just a couple of blocks away, and he cornered me in an alley and put a knife to my throat. 
And mm. see, I I had turned him in because he tried to gang rape me before that in an alley, him and another boy, and I turned mm. him into the vice principal. Mm-hmm. And uh, that made him mad. And so that's when he cornered me in the alley just two or three days later and put a knife to my throat. And he says, if you ever turn me in again, he says, we'll gang rape you. And I knew he meant it. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. he was a boy that saw, must have saw horrible things or something. But And there was incident with my uncle, who was a pedophile, mm-hmm. and he molested his own little girls. And I think what really sickened me once was when he told my mother about me, and he said, she's my favorite. Mm-hmm. And I felt sick. I got, I felt sick. Mm. And so from 11 to 18, that's what I heard. And I'll say, you dead. And I didn't know what to make of that. So the fear of the unknown was when my dad would do things like that and come off the road and take me up and beat me. And so I, I, I remember standing next to my dad, and he said, um, I'll, uh, I'll I'll whip you again if you don't whip me. He said, you whip me? And I, I he weird. He'd get down on his knees mm. on the floor, give me his leather belt, and say, you beat me, or I'll beat you again. And I'm standing there stuffing all these feelings down inside of me. Mm-hmm. And I, I hesitate. I thought, "This is my dad. Why am I beating him? His back." And so he had you I, to beat I him. I went ahead and with I, I went ahead and did it. And I should have told him no, but I was a pleaser. I was a, I wanted to please my dad. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, if you didn't. There were repercussions that were major repercussions because he told you what he would do if you didn't beat him, he would beat you. Uh, and that, you know, it. Uh, do you think this was because he knew he was wrong and so he felt he deserved some punishment? And even though you perhaps might not have even had the upper body strength to do what he could do. Um, do you think it had anything that that might have been? Sometimes people, they want to be punished. Uh, they do certain things that they know are harmful. There's, in fact, something called self-injury, uh, self-harm. And uh, so... Do you do you anticipate or did you think that that could be what he was doing to uh, assuage any guilt he might have? That's certainly a possibility. I can certainly see that. And when I was standing there as an eleven-year-old, I thought, "Is he? Is guilty? Is there something he's done?" Hmm. I was looking at it both ways, and just just in seconds, you know, I mm-hmm. thought about what you just said, and I thought, 
Is he guilty about something that I don't well, know he, anything about? He, 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 he was guilty. In, indeed, he was guilty. But the question has to do with, uh, it, well, let, let's be candid. Your normal growing up was not normal. But kids don't know. At When it's their normal, they can think this is what goes on you know, in in the real world, and they think uh, they can interpret sometimes that they are guilty when they're not. Um, how do you think you're? I'm I'm going to call. I I say that I had a bizarre background. I would call this bizarre. How did that impact you as an adult later? I felt like I had losses. I felt like uh, I knew I never did anything wrong. I knew that. I, thank God I, I understood it wasn't my fault about what he was doing. I didn't have anything to do with it. I was not his problem. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I was not a problem. Either way, mm -hmm. he just started doing this. and But as an adult... I felt so much had been stolen from me mm. and, and and abandoned. And then when they moved from Texas, when I was 20, the abandonment really hit me hard. Mm. That's, now I started cutting when I was 15. You did start I cutting. I became bulimic. Uh-huh. I was bulimic mm. mm -hmm. for a year or two. But I heard that it could affect your heart when you force yourself to throw up. Yes. And I just, I stopped it. Good. I was Good. still believing I just wasn't, you know. Yeah. But no, I felt abandoned. And when he left Texas, it just really hit me hard. Mm-hmm. That's when I became suicidal. For how long were you suicidal? My whole life. It was, suicide was like a companion. Wow. Mm. Well, what that, yeah, that, that just represents feeling hopeless. Feeling that no matter what, there is no other way out. I'm so sorry. That touches my heart. But I believe what you're saying absolutely um, we'll come back and unravel this June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart have an exciting new resource to encourage you and equip you to help others it's called the Care and Counsel Library and it's available at hopefortheheart.org ccl the Care and Counsel Library has 50 topics in 10 volumes with clear answers from God's Word and practical solutions to real-life issues. It is the culmination of decades of ministry from the compassionate, relevant guidance of June Hunt. This library includes volumes such as Grief and Loss, Abuse and Trauma, Depression and Suicide, and more. These are excellent training tools for counselors, life coaches, or anyone who wants to grow in biblical wisdom to address the real issues of life. 
Learn more and get the Care and Counsel Library at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. That's hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. If you're looking for a place to find encouragement and guidance, check out junehunt.org. That's where you can find June's practical, biblical resources, including June's books and Bible studies on a variety of topics like anger, depression, forgiveness, addictions, relationships, and more. June's resources offer biblical hope and practical help for all of life's challenges. They are great for personal study and growth and equipping you to help others. At junehunt.org, you can also find June's music, her translated books in Spanish, and keep up with all the latest news and interviews with June. And if you've missed an airing of Hope in the Night, you can access the broadcast archives from this site and search for specific topics. At junehunt.org, there's also a place to donate and support us financially to help more people find practical guidance from God's Word through our radio broadcasts, biblical resources, and more. We're grateful for your prayers and support, and we hope you'll check out the resources for you at junehunt.org. Welcome back to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver. We want to help you, and we want to help you help others. Uh, if you have any questions about tonight's topics or any number of topics, we have over 100 keys for living that will help you to address your situation. Just give our customer support team a call at 800-488-HOPE. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'd be happy to uh, talk to you and uh, see what's going on, maybe what you would need some direction on and uh, get the right resources out to you. We have the keys for living on fear. It's called No Longer Afraid. And we also have the uh, the keys for living on identity and self-image called Knowing What's True About You. Those and many other resources are available by calling customer support at 800-488-HOPE. That's 800-488-4673. Also, if you would like to find the resources on our website, just go to hopefortheheart.org slash store. You can find our new updated keys for living with uh, those being updated all the time, new titles being added monthly. Also, the Lifeline to Hope online training. It's uh, really a great uh, program, a, a training for churches looking to start or grow a care ministry in their church, and also June's biblical resources over the years, uh, music CDs as well. They're all at hopefortheheart.org slash store. Now back to our conversation with Chloe. Well, my friend, I'm I'm hearing that through no cause of your own, you were not in a safe home. Everything um, was unpredictable. Uh, at least that's. Uh, I'm. I'm even thinking about my home life uh, with when when my dad was in my life at that time. Um, mm-hmm. It's like it's it's not knowing if there's going to be World War Three. Uh, not knowing. Uh, and at other times, everything would be fine. It was the mm-hmm. unexpected. You just could, you could not assume anything that was positive um, mm-hmm. because when it would get out of control, you know, it was, it was frightening. 
and that I think yes. you and I both had that. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I, I just know what that's like, and I'm so sorry. You know, the, God intended parents to provide that safe haven of refuge. Yes. Yes. And um, it, when instead there is violence, when there is unpredictable outrage, uh, 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 rage that comes from one parent, uh, mm -hmm. it, uh, it can be frightening. And mm -hmm. that's what I hear that you talked about, the fear of the unknown. You're right. Mm -hmm. um, because that's, you did not have two parents that nurtured you in a way that, uh, where you felt safe. I'm, 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 I'm just wanting to affirm that I hear you and I understand. Now, when, when you said, you know, you were suicidal, I said, I said, for how long? And you said, all my life. And um, you mentioned being a cutter. When's the last time that you, I mean, I know people who've been cutters for years. Uh, and uh, when, when is the last time that you've, cut yourself. I, I was still in my teens. I started when I was 15, and I probably cut for a year or two. Oh, a year and or I two. Remember okay. what that, I remember what that felt like, too, because I would use razor blades, and mm -hmm. I cut up my left arm. I'm right-handed, and I cut my left arm with mm -hmm. razor blades. But I remember what that felt like. It was just... It was just like a moment, I mean, like seconds. And in those seconds, I felt distracted from the pain <laughs> that I felt. Yeah. It was just a moment. But I think that that's why that I cut, because at least it was for the moment. You know, most people would not know that, but you are exactly right. Because the physical pain is actually easier than the emotional pain. Yes. And that's what you, and, and once you get a hold of that, uh, then you're understanding the cause. And instead, um, you realize at some point that this is not a real solution for you. But you said you, it was 15, and then you said just really only like a year or two, you mm -hmm. were, did you cut, continued to cut? Mm -hmm. Some people are cutters, mm -hmm. some are burners. Um, yeah. They're different. Mm, yeah, it's just. Yeah, and then I started, uh, then I, bulimic. I yeah. was eating and stuffing. And then throw up, and I did that for probably about three years. Mm -hmm. But then I heard uh, how it can affect your heart. I mean, I thought, well, I, you know, I, I don't want to die. I just want to numb the pain. So That's, I stopped mm -hmm. to throw up, you know. I just numb the pain with food. Yeah. And, but that 
wasn't a solution either. No, and, and sometimes that and we, we as human beings yeah, cry. I mean, I mm. used to sit on the floor with a knife at my stomach, mm. ready to plunge it in. Mm-hmm. And I thought, mm. well, that's kind of painful. Maybe I should overdose. Like, mm-hmm. just regular right medication or something. Put me to sleep and never wake up. Mm-hmm. That's what I, and that stayed with me until about two or three years ago. I have no desire to commit suicide. Because I realized, I mean, it was it was a companion. I, I mean, I made plans mm-hmm. to take myself out of here. And I thought the most comfortable and the most easiest way would just be go to sleep. I took enough pills. I can't explain it, June, but somehow down deep, way down deep, I just kept hanging in there. I thought someday something it's going to change, and I didn't know when. And I got tired of it. I, I wanted a future and a hope. That's what I wanted. Hmm. So there now I'm in my 70s, and I got to thinking, and, and the word hope. See, I have a little freelance flower because I love to draw. And I drew this, um, it's back in the early 90s, and there's two of them. There's two flowers. And the first flower I drew, just freelance, is I gave her the name Hope. And she, it's just like the outline of a flower. She has a big Mm -hmm. smile on her face. And her heart, when you draw the stem and go down, her heart is open. Mm-hmm. And then her roots go down into the water, way deep down into the water. And she welcomes you. She welcomes you. Her little stand and everything, she just welcomes you. And she's so mm. bright and cheerful. And I drew that one in the early 90s. About 10 years later, I drew the other one. And her little mouth is turned down, her eyes are closed, and her little eyes just drip tears, and they Mm -hmm. go down her stem, but her heart is dark, very dark, and the tears, she cries the same tears every day, she cries those tears, and her little leaves are pointed where the other leaves are open and green and succulent. and But this little flower, she's all drawn up. And and then down her little stems, and at the bottom of her stems, it's all dry. And she doesn't really have any life. And her heart is closed. So her mind has all these darts coming to her mind. I'm dumb. I'm stupid. I'm worthless. And all these darts keep coming to her mind. Well, somebody asked me once, well, why did God give you the first one? And I said, because he wanted to give me hope. Hmm. I said, if 
if I had drawn the second one, that's exactly mm-hmm. how I felt was hopeless. I felt like life had no meaning for me at all. And so he gave me the one with hope. He gave me her first so I could have hope. And he wanted a future for me. So he switched them and gave hmm. me the one with hope, and that's her name. It's hope. The flower. The flower, mm-hmm. yeah. And mm-hmm. so and so here I'm in my 70s, and I'm thinking, uh, I don't have too many years left. And that kind of made me feel bad. And then I realized, hope eternal. And so I asked the Lord, and he says, what, it, it doesn't matter, it, whatever you do for me now will, will be eternal. Well, it'll be eternal, see? So it, whenever we die, even if we think, well, I don't have much time, I've wasted my life. No, with God it's hope. Because hmm. he is hope. So the last few years that I have in my life, I can have hope. Because God is hope. And yes. I named her that. Hope. You know what you're saying is well I'm going to I'm going to phrase this another way. It is right for you to have hope because you have God's hope. The Bible says well it was it's God himself who says I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And so what that means is um, your worth is not based on what has happened to you. It's what it it is God gives you worth. And so what I want us to do is to look at you know how how can you know the value of you and what what is that see because for those who are uh, suicidal which you said you've been most of your life uh, that's and you've already described things that you would say to yourself you know I'm dumb I'm stupid and all these things no 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 actually you're very creative if creativity would be high on your chart um, even and you use symbolism like the flower but um, I, I want us to talk when we come back about how God gives you worth you have God given worth It's been 20 years since June Hunt was first called into international ministry through the translating of our keys for living into the Russian language The Lord has refined our focus in recent years to partnership with ministry leaders in key global regions whose reach is expanding to international training events, radio programming, and impact across borders that only indigenous leaders could cross. God is multiplying hope through the translated Keys for Living and the globally relevant counseling model of June Hunt that you have come to understand as a valued listener of Hope in the Night. 
When you support our Hope for the Heart international ministry, you give directly to men and women who are giving their lives to equip and empower the church in their regions for the Lord's kingdom. Come with us around the world to share the hope of Christ. Visit us online at hopefortheheart.org forward slash international. As we each solve the puzzle that is our life, we often have questions we can't answer. Usually, they're little nagging questions, but sometimes they're larger. So large, in fact, the answer or even the question itself can have life-changing consequences. June Hunt believes the best answers to these tough questions come from God Himself, and He's given us those answers in the Bible. For more than 20 years now, June has helped callers find these biblical answers and apply them to their lives. You can talk with June on her radio program, Hope in the Night, about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or another concern in your life. Call 800-NIGHT-17. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call now, 800-644-4817. Welcome back. I'm Jeff Oliver, and you're listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. We're a ministry of Hope for the Heart. We'd like to thank you for your prayers and support of this ministry. Our customer support team can be reached at 800-488-HOPE, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central, and they'll help guide you to God's hope through our resources. Let me mention two of our resources. There are both keys for living, one on self-worth called Discover Your God-Given Value, also Suicide Prevention Hope When Life Seems Hopeless. Those and many other resources are available by calling customer support at 800-488-HOPE. That's 800-488-4673. If you would like to speak with June about something going on in your life and you'd like to get some direction on that, see what God's heart would be on your particular situation, uh, we'd like to have you talk with June on a future program of Hope in the Night. The number is 800-917. That's 800-N-I-G-H-T-1-7. And when you call, just leave a detailed message for us. We'll get back and talk to you about being on an upcoming Hope in the Night. That number again, 800-917-800-644-4817. Back now to our conversation with Chloe. Well, Chloe, you are one of the most creative and imaginative people I've ever talked with. And um, that's actually a a compliment. Um, Yeah. because you can draw pictures in with your words and the images that you have represent things that you've experienced but things in your heart and and I'm hearing uh, the the truth is and and since you said you had been suicidal most of your life uh, or all your life, uh, there's some things I want you to set in place. And what I'm saying is to know what God says about you, about you as as His creation, uh, 
if there are certain things that could happen to you in the future, you need to have a few things right in place to counter any anything that would be self-destructive. And that means uh, knowing, well, like, for example, when the Bible says, I have set before you life and death, choose life. Uh-huh. Choose life so that you and your children may live. The point here is we have a choice of what we're going to dwell on. Now, Jesus is the one who said, the truth sets you free. Uh-huh. So for you to be ready with, I'm, I'm thinking it like a ready defense, um, in order, like if something negative were to happen to you, um, I'm talking about from the outside, somebody does something to you that's unpredictable. Uh, I want you to have your emergency defense system in place. And it's like, regardless of what another person does, I'm going to focus on God's truth. Because Jesus says the truth sets me free. Now, the passage that I mentioned to you a moment ago uh, is Deuteronomy and Deuteronomy 30. And I have set before you life and death. Choose life. Mm-hmm. Just choose life. And so this is an act of the will. It's not based on emotion but it's based on devotion, devoted to what God wants you to put into your mind. We cannot uh, avoid. I mean, there are going to be things, you know, uh, it is not unusual to be in a situation where you, you would say, I never anticipated this. I never thought this would happen. I mean, I've said that on multiple occasions, and I'm very uh, uh, practical about life. Mm-hmm. And I, there, there are things that uh, are negative surprises that uh, just hurt hurt my heart. But I do know I must stay. With in, uh, I'll start. I'll say it this way: I must stay in the center of God's will. And my friend, you are delightfully creative, and I want you to, no matter what, say, no matter what happens to me, no matter what somebody else does, because so much of what you've described are things that are atrocities on the outside, things that others have done. And we we can have unexpected, and it's not it's not your fault when someone else literally either takes advantage of you, 
or in some way seeks to harm you. But I think more than anything, I, I care about you because you are like a precious flower. You really are a, a tender flower. And you can't, you can't beat up a flower, I mean, and, and expect, yeah. in, in other words, you, you can be, you can be harmed. And I, if somebody else tries to harm you, you must stay centered on the truth. The truth is God loves you. God has a plan for you. And he wants you to choose life, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And again, that's Deuteronomy 30, uh, mm-hmm. verse 19. And, and, it, and the reason I'm telling you is just if you want to look that up, and it, it, it's more extensive than that, but that's the heart of that mm-hmm. scripture. You know, mm-hmm. we, we can choose yeah. life or death. Yeah, but I, I, I mm-hmm. oh, there was two words I w- I'd like to mention to you. Uh, sure. One word, the first word is stifled, and the second word is assure, assure. And hmm. um, last week I mentioned that I asked God, "What is my problem? Why?" Well, He's God creator of the universe. Um, He becomes our father when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and accept Mm -hmm. him. He becomes my father. But my dad, my birth dad, had a distorted view. And he tried to impose that on me. And the thing I could think of, this is my dad. Like, what? Why would my dad hurt me like that? He was my mm-hmm. caregiver. He was. Um, he had more in- influence on me than anyone else in my life. That's why mm-hmm. it hurt me the worst. I mean, my my fan- the family member. Oh dear Lord, he he was a pedophile. But mm-hmm. my dad, yeah. you know, he was the highest influence, and that's why I had such a struggle. But I asked God that night, and it was like a video in front of me, and uh, he said the word stifled. He said, you weren't allowed to grow. Mm. And he gave me a picture of that, like a live video. And I'm just, I'm standing there like I'm watching this video. And I was a little girl, three years old. I was standing in a field of flowers. And back then, we wore those little white laced-up shoes, mm-hmm. and I had a beautiful little dress on. But here was the difference. I would balance myself. You know how little kids do? Put your arms out to try to balance yourself. But mm-hmm. I would lift each foot, and I would look at my feet. Mm-hmm. And the shoes were tight. And even at three, I knew something wasn't right. I didn't know what it mm-hmm. was, but... And then the answer to my question, when I he says you weren't allowed to grow, mm. so I was wearing these shoes that was too tight for my feet. Then I hold up my little arms and and I look at my feet and I'd say something wasn't right. I didn't know what it was, mm-hmm. but 
that was the word stifled, and he showed mm-hmm. me in picture form what stifled looked like. And then now the word is assure. I need to look up scriptures and look at verses that assure my heart that God loves me. My heavenly daddy loves me. He's my mm-hmm. Abba Father. Mm-hmm. So now I want to look up verses that assure my heart. Mm-hmm. You know, when you say that, I'm going to make a distinction. Many people, that well, I'll say it this way. When you're a child growing up, uh, the normal thing when a child hears God, they can't see God. Uh, God is spirit, and they typically assume that God has the characteristics of their earthly father. Uh-huh. And they, uh, they, uh, they uh, put onto the heavenly father the characteristics of their earthly father. Uh-huh. Well, that, that in no way was representative in your upbringing. The true God of the Bible does not have the characteristics of your earthly father. And you need to make a conscious dis, uh, differentiation uh, where, where you go, okay, this was the characteristics of my earthly father, and these are the characteristics of my heavenly father. In fact, that's that's going to be an assignment I'm going to give you, okay? Uh-huh. Yes. And I want you to to have on one side of the page, the or or you can just make a list, knowing that the God of the Bible, the true God, He loves you. In fact, there's a precious passage. Uh, it's Jeremiah 31.3. I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, uh, 31.10, um, where, where we see, he says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I've drawn you with loving kindness. So notice, I've drawn you with loving kindness. I've loved you with an everlasting. How long is everlasting? Forever. That's right. So he loves you. He has a forever love for you. And he would never do the things your earthly father did. So make those two and and just thank God. And the, the when you when you start with your earthly father, the characteristics, though that's past. That's past. Yes. But and you can put past, 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 past. But then the characteristics of your Heavenly Father. He loves you. And He has a plan and purpose for you. And He ha- offers you true security. We will send the Keys for Living called Self-Worth. 
discover your God-given value uh, out to our caller tonight. We do that free of charge. That's because of your generous support of this ministry. And if you'd like to give to keep those resources going out and to keep this program on the air, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash donate. And we thank you. You may order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And our materials and recent programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also find our programs wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope.